side of Felix Rosenquist moves that shell car. There's the initial hit. Big time. This is going to be a big hit right here. I don't know if he's going to keep it out of the turn two wall. Oh, no. Yep, there goes the tire. Oh, no. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after 6 here on this Tuesday morning. What frustrates you most about your kids and cell phones? Uh, I guess spending too much time on them. Okay, that's number one. Yeah. Number two is when I'm texting you or I'm calling you. And you do not respond. And I'm not getting a response. <laughs> like, what? I'm only in this whole cell phone game for that. So I can reach you. Immediately respond, <laughs> right. please. That is an immediate response. Or if you're busy, cool. A quick, hey, I, I got this. Yeah. Get right back with you. Can't have it. I'm fascinated by this Wall Street Journal uh, piece. Is it okay to track your spouse's location? So a lot of people have Life360, which is an app where you can see where your kids are. You can even see like how fast they're going, how long they were at different locations. Uh, and they swear by it. I think it's the greatest thing. We don't have that, but we do have the uh, Find My iPhone app, and yeah. all of us are tied to it. So the whole family. So I can look at my Find My iPhone app right now and see where everyone is in my family, you know, whether they're going to school or they're still at home, whatever it is. This suggests that many couples use their phones to track each other. They share locations automatically, giving partners a window into their travels, including every trip to Target, yada, yada, yada. Married and unmarried couples say they do it mostly for safety. Some do it so they can have dinner ready. That's how I use it. Like, I just, I just like knowing where she is. Okay. Is Ann still downtown or is she on her way back yet just for like for dinner purposes? Am I plating the dinner here? Yeah, are we yeah, like how, your you moments know, out or yeah, what, am I what do we got here? keeping the lids on everything? Yet other couples think anyone who tracks his or her spouse is crazy. They say that tracking itself can be a safety concern, not to mention that some marriage counselors say this location dependency is unhealthy. Shouldn't marriage have a little mystery? Ooh. So I don't know if I would use, I, I don't have Life360. I, that I think would be unnecessary for a married couple that didn't have children to use Life360. That seems like it's pretty intrusive in an unnecessary way. Right. What's wrong with the quick text? Where you at? But at the same time, I I, I don't care if I got my, find my iPhone app on. And if Ange wants to see where I'm at, I think that's totally acceptable. I I go through this with my wife sometimes if I, you know, if I'm driving and I need her to, hey, can you text Eric, tell him we're running 10 minutes late or whatever, and yeah. I need to open the phone, and she won't ask me my code. She'll be like, here, go punch your code in. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I, I promise you there's nothing on here that, <laughs> that you can't see. So I know my wife's code. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And so she doesn't know it, but I'm happy to give it to her. Right. right I think you're, you're right. If you're in that healthy relationship, you have that level of trust of there's nothing I'm hiding on, on here from you. Here is an unhealthy relationship. Apple's Find My App shows at one point, this, um, this is Ronit Boyd and his wife. His okay, wife, what's rounded up to? His wife needed to get a hold of her husband. She used the Apple Find My app, and it showed him at a hotel near his office in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> he was at the time a tech officer at Dow Jones, yada, yada. Her husband says he was in a meeting at the yes, office, he was. not at a hotel. Oh. The Find My app doesn't always have an exact location. So it said he was next door versus where he really <laughs> was, apparently. How did at, that resolve itself? At first, I laughed about it, but then I realized she didn't like this. It says him. <laughs> she was getting angry. They both laugh about it now, apparently. But so it was all good. He was actually he was <laughs> yes. near the hotel. Yes. Or you but could I, be in the hotel 
dining I just, area. I, I don't understand the need not to have it. I just I, I don't get why you wouldn't use the Apple iPhone Find My thing. The Life 360 is a little bit different. That's a little bit more complicated, a lot more details involved. I don't know if you need all that for a husband and wife, but. Well, apparently, what, what's our guy's name there? Chris. Chris. Apparently, Chris needed it. Glad it all worked out okay. <laughs> Six fifteen. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next. He's there for an hour. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call. That's all. Sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The National League Central Division leading Brewers will begin a three-game series beginning tonight in Toronto. Milwaukee didn't play on Monday, but they were still busy as the team has designated first baseman Luke Voigt. For assignment, Adrian Hauser, who is slated to get the start for the Brewers, has shown his manager promising signs since his return from the injured list. There's a, there's a confidence to him right now. He's pitching with a lot of confidence. I, th- I think William's doing a fabulous job with him as well. The fastball is very good. The sinker and the four-seam fastball are, are really good. And the off-speeds, uh, he's getting some strikes with his off-speed stuff. Um, another nice, really nice outing. Coverage of Brewers Blue Jays will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 6 p.m. Over to football, where the Packers will begin to work today for block two of organized team activities. All sorts of new players in new roles and new energy. That's according to quarterback Jordan Love. A lot of the young guys have kind of been in backup roles before, kind of you know thrust into the front now. So uh, and there's just a lot more reps. People are having more opportunities to get those reps. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's great energy out there right now. Despite the new look in Titletown, ESPN's Dan Orlowski is high on the Packers' chances in a weekend NFC. Packers should be a playoff football team. A lot of people think they're going to stink. I don't. This is a roster that is loaded with talent. Well, and Brian Gutekunst, their general manager, has got to be sitting there going, please prove that I was, there. I was right in that decision. Over to the NBA, where the Miami Heat are moving on in the NBA Finals for the second time in four years after a convincing win over the Boston Celtics in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, 103-84. to Jimmy Butler, who averaged just under 25 points, was named Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Miami joins the 1999 New York Knicks as the second eight seed to make the NBA Finals. Game one between Miami and Denver will be on Thursday. And we're going to stick in to the NBA. No finals in Milwaukee this year, but a new voice will be heard for the Bucs in 2023. The Bucs aim to hire Toronto Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin as the franchise's next head coach. Griffin played nine seasons in the NBA and has over a decade of coaching experience. Did you see that tire go flying at Indy? That is crazy. We're going to tell you... How that happened and the damage done. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Catastrophe avoided at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the Indy 500 over the weekend, and a tire went flying. I always get worried when I go to my kids' baseball games where we park. And sometimes uh, I'll meet my wife there, and she'll park her car closer to the field. I'm like, "Hey, can you can you pull back and park?" Oh, you're worried about like the foul I'm, ball. I'm always right? afraid that a, a foul ball is going to come flying and hit the car, or something like that. I've seen that kind of stuff happen. So, and Angie just gets so frustrated with me because I'm so like some kid playing about that. a little soft toss and clunk. <laughs> yes, and I've seen it happen. And that way at the golf course too, there are spots where the parking lot is close to the. 
you know, back part of a green. You're like, all it takes is one guy to catch a flyer. <laughs> right. Oh, a little there thin. Crank. So imagine if you're going to the Indy 500 and you have to worry where you're parked because of a tire that propels itself from the racetrack, soars into the air, and hits your vehicle. That's soars parked. into the air, off the track, over the fence. Yeah. It looked like it actually went over the crowd, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With 17 laps to go in the race, hundreds of thousands of fans in the stands, a high-speed crash involving two drivers. It was Kyle Kirkwood and Felix Rosenquist. Cars spinning out, two tires clipped each other. Nothing, though, guys, as we see Joseph Newgarden on the outside of Felix Rosenquist moves that shell car. There's the initial hit. Big time. This is going to be a big hit right here. I don't know if he's going to keep it out of the turn two wall. Oh, no. Yep, there goes the tire. <laughs> oh, no. Flies off, soars over the fence, flies over the crowd as they all watch in horror. People freaked out by this. I'm like, okay, I thought it hit a golf cart. Someone's like, it hit a golf cart. And then they're like, Robin, that's your car. It hit your car. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's the worst feeling ever. Oh. How many people go to that race? It's like 100 plus thousand, yes. right? Yes. And yours is the car. That got hit by the freakest of accidents. It's like, how how does she be the unlucky one? Her car all busted up. Amazingly, no one was hurt or killed. I think there's one minor injury. But, like, this is could have been the most catastrophic thing you can imagine. It was going 100 miles per hour as it shot off the track. Probably landed. So did the car total? Because I'm curious what the call to the insurance company is going to sound like. (laughs) Act of God. Yeah. So what Got had covered. happened was, so I'm sorry, you were driving down the freeway? No, I was parked. Um, hmm. hmm. I think it says sure. on your, Not checking out here. <laughs> it says on your Indy 500 ticket that you should be aware that things could fly off the track. Uh, so anyway, she did get treated uh, well. They let her kiss the bricks afterward, which is a tradition. So uh, this lady is being, and then they drove her home. So Indy's taking care of her as far Can as. Can we get you a ride, ma'am? <laughs> As far as the car goes and the tire, IndyCar says the tether, which holds the tires on, did not fail. Um, what's the definition of failure of the, te- <laughs> of the tether? No, it did its job. It says they have the tire. They found that the tether did not fail and that this is an isolated incident that shot the tire like a comet. Uh, the series is reviewing to make sure that it does not happen again. Well, it is isolated, and I've never seen anything like that on the racetrack to that extent. There have been, but things have flown into the in the crowds before. In fact, uh, there is a a man from the Wausau area who was killed from a tire flying into the stands years ago, like back in the '80s, I think it was. But what's interesting about this is you had the initial crash, and then you you heard that on the on the play by play, like there was some. It took a while to develop. Yeah, the car got tangled up with another, and then this, and then that. Yeah, so it it was that's what scared everybody is the initial crash, and then the fact that he was turned upside down, he was a different direction that shot a tire. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the uh, ice that fell from the guy wires that hit my car. Didn't (laughs) didn't hit anyone else's. Act of God, (laughs) not covered by insurance. Just hit my car. No one else's. A lot of cars in that lot. Why did it have to be me, right? <laughs> the second time. Got, my car got hit twice. Two times. Did you buy a lottery ticket after that? Like, I'm so lucky? Or is it the opposite of, like, I'm never playing a game of chance again? Never parked there ever again. Because you certainly lost that one.
So you got a meeting that pops up on your calendar, and folks who work probably in larger companies, a lot of them have this, like, people can just pop a meeting on your calendar, whether you're in Teams or Without even asking. Right. You just see that you have an open spot, and they sneak on in. So you look down, and it's not your immediate supervisor, not the person you report to, not even that person, but, like, big boss. You're like, ooh. That's ominous. What's this about, right? <laughs> I'm going to make fun of our guy Pancake here a little bit. Greg Pancake Hill produces Wisconsin's Morning News. He had one of those pop up with one of our big bosses here at Good Karma Brands, Evan Cohen. Now, Evan's yeah. based out of New York. Uh, super good guy. Everybody likes him. And from time to time, we'll come into Milwaukee. Now, Good Karma is based here in Milwaukee, but we have properties in New York, L.A., Chicago, all mm-hmm. over the country. Yep. And Evan's based in New York, like I said. But from time to time, when he can get to Milwaukee, it's good to have him here and he can meet with different people, work on things. So he was going to be in town recently, and Pancake sees what? You got just the notice? Yeah, so I just get the notification. Evan Cohen, on behalf of Evan Cohen, by the way, it wasn't even him sending me an invite to the meeting. That oh, because he he's got up. people. Yeah, right? he has people. So his people everywhere. took care of scheduling so that meeting for I him. I have that pop up in my inbox that says, hey, we got a meeting here at this time on this day. So my mind is racing. Like, why? What? Now, where do <laughs> see? now, Eric and I have been in the in the workforce, if you will, a little bit longer than you, young Greg. So I see that. I'm like, I don't know what he wants, but whatever. All right. You're fine, right? Yep. Your mind went to bad places right well, away. Well, yeah, I've kind of maybe been in that, not in the professional sense, but it goes back to like the schoolyard, like, eh, teacher wants to see it. What? Okay, no fair way. enough. No way. No way. What did I do? What did There's, I do? So I'm racing back. I'm covering all the tracks. What, did, what could I possibly have done to constitute a one-on-one? With Evan Cohen. With exactly. Big wig yeah. here in the company. How long was the meeting scheduled? Uh, an hour. Ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. So... Greg is expressing some concern, and I'm trying to talk him off the ledge. I'm like, dude, like this is no big deal. Who knows what it is, whatever. If you're curious, what? I, hey, anything I can prepare for the meeting? Sure, That's good. Yeah. That's good workplace mm-hmm. advice, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. If you're Indeed. curious about it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Any Anything I can prepare so I can be ready for our meeting? Mm-hmm. It's fair mm-hmm. to ask that question. Well, Greg was a little bit concerned that this might be the end for him. Also fair, by the way. He also says, fair to ask. Oh, fear of termination. Yeah, could okay. be. I don't know. I'm, wow. Again, reviewing everything. I don't have anything bad on the list. I think I'm doing all right. He says to me, he's like, well, I'll see you tomorrow unless, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're not going to get fired. He's like, well, yeah, you never know. Said, Here's how you know you're not going to get fired. You're not important enough to get fired by Evan Cohen. <laughs> 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 because they don't fly Evan in from New York <laughs> to sit down with Greg Pancake Hill, producer, and whack him. <laughs> well, I instantly felt better, kind of. Right, see? So you're welcome. I, and and for that matter, he wouldn't be here to whack me or Eric either. Right, we're, not, yeah. we're not that important either. <laughs> yeah, good save. Thanks, Faith. <laughs> that's going to be a little bit shorter meeting with someone far less important. Ah, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. You're done here. But see, or just an email. But look at that. <laughs> or your key card just doesn't work. <laughs> right, good, right. Come back on Saturday, pick your stuff up. So you're welcome. I'm glad, glad I could help you through that. Important Thanks, man. Meeting. And it turned out okay, right? It, I'm still here, aren't I? It's a great meeting. They haven't found a replacement yet. Six forty-five. Brandon's got sports coming up next. At 6.52 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You remember the name Scott Skiles, Eric? Oh, sure. To you? Yeah. 
five seasons as Milwaukee Bucks head coach from 08 to 13, and under him, a first-time assistant who at the time made his NBA coaching debut, Adrian Griffin. Well, he now appears to be the Bucks' choice for their next head coach, two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Lori Nickel is with us this morning. Lori, my first reaction was, A, I don't pay super close attention, but this was not a guy who was on my radar, and B, a bit surprised that the Bucks are going with someone who's not been a head coach. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still a hire that could be very likable just because we don't know much about him or not familiar with him doesn't mean that he's not a good coach. Um, Adrian Griffin has an incredible basketball resume. He played 477 games in the NBA, which is pretty remarkable because his average was only four points. I mean, he was a role player, you know, who like carved out a whole career for himself. And that was after he played in minor leagues like the CBA or the United States basketball league, those old leagues. Um, And so, you know, when you look at who he's been around, um, both both playing as a player first and as a coach, it makes a lot of sense actually on paper as to why the Bucks would be intrigued with him. I mean, he's played everywhere. He played at Seton Hall for college. Um, He even played in Italy for a little bit. He's played with some of the biggest names. He played with Dirk. Nowitzki, who's a huge name with the Dallas Mavericks. So he has that player credibility and credentials that I think someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo values greatly, maybe even more than somebody who's been a proven head coach. That's what I was wondering, Lori. It has to be all about Giannis, right? Like those two obviously have to have some kind of relationship or know of each other and could work together. Well, that's, I can't wait till we get to talk to Giannis. I checked his YouTube, his TikTok, his Instagram, his Twitter. I haven't seen any (laughs) comments from him. But, you know, Griffin wasn't in Milwaukee as an assistant when Giannis was here. He was here from, like, 2008 to 2010. And, of course, Giannis made his rookie debut in 2013. So they don't know each other that way. But The Athletic and some other media outlets have reported that Giannis did meet with him personally before the hire was announced, which I think is really interesting um, and kind of revealing, you know, uh, that's a key component for sure to, for the Bucks. It shows though the commitment the organization has to not only listening to what Giannis has to say, but if this is true and Giannis had a vote in, in this coaching hire, you know, to keep him happy or to uh, value his input, which is not, Unusual in the NBA, but it's not typical in athletics. That's not an automatic thing. So that's that's an interesting, if that's all true and that's been reported in some places, it's an interesting revelation. Well, and we talked about it in regards to Aaron Rodgers. It used to bug a lot of us as Packers fans that he wanted to put his nose into the general manager's office and have says in all of these things. And for Aaron Rodgers, it bugged us. And for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to bother me about Giannis. I don't know if it's just their different personalities or, or how I look at them as a fan, but it is a fine line between giving someone veto power, Lori, versus saying this has to be someone that Giannis is comfortable with. Right. Well, and also the NBA and the NFL are really, really different in the NFL coaches make the calls on the offense. Coaches decide who plays. Coaches are, have, you know, there's a lot more scheming involved. 
in the NBA, the NBA coach basically decides two things, who plays, you know, who gets minutes and matchups, who, you know, matches up against whom defensively. And that those are two things that Giannis has kind of not passive aggressively, but subtly sort of brought up in press conferences like, oh, you know, Marjan Bochamp isn't happy with his numbers. That's the rookie who was drafted last year. Or, you know, at the the final press conference of the season, he would have, he said he would have liked to have um, matched up differently defensively. So that's different. In the NBA, the players are more, it's a player-driven league. And so it's a, I don't think it's a fair comparison between Giannis and, and Aaron Rodgers. But I do think that, um, you know, Giannis ha- is so important to what his future, the next couple of years, whether he's happy, whether he returns to Milwaukee once again, depends a lot on who's running his career, who decides who gets to play with him, how many minutes, what kind of talent they put on the floor. And so I think asking for his, input, his input is is something that's important because he probably won't abuse that power knowing his personality so far. Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Always appreciate hearing from you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Business headlines are up next. They're sponsored by Old National Bank. Get old. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Teddy Nichol. As David's Bridal accelerates the pace of its store closures, employees throughout Wisconsin are now expected to lose their jobs by the end of June. The bankrupt retailer initially projected its workers would be laid off between June 12th and August 11th. Masterlock Company said it's closing its plant on Milwaukee's north side as it looks to maximize, maximize growth potential, maintain competitiveness, and rely more on external suppliers. More than 300 local employees will lose their jobs. Former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is putting his Waukesha County Lake House on the market less than a month after the NBA team fired him. He bought the house for $1.7 million in 2020 and is listing it for $7 million after a full renovation. I'm Teddy Nykow with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.